0: Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, first day of the unofficial, official free agent, whatever the heck it is. The Bears signed some guys. They got better today. How about you? How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. You know, it's a very busy day. Um, I was talking to you a little bit pre-show that this is the day I should have took off work because, you know, I had a ton of pre-write stuff done just because I knew that I had to be prepared because I don't have time to kind of, you know, Juggle all my stuff, but, but yeah, busy day. Um, it would have been much easier and much more fun if I took off. I could have done a little bit more on the site. But you know, um, Eric Christopher Dewachter stepped up and wrote a couple of articles. You know, Jacob had a pre-write in there. Josh had a pre-write in there. So I mean, we had a lot of stuff going on there. A lot of a lot of prepared behind-the-scenes stuff. So yeah, we had everything covered in the site, and the site has been jumping the last you know few days. Well over hundred thousand page views a day. Um, the, the podcast channel has been jumping, the YouTube channel has been jumping. So we appreciate all you guys checking us out, wherever you uh, check out our content.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we appreciate that. We're going to have a ton more coming at you in the podcast form and the video form and uh, on, on the website as well. So appreciate you sticking with us. Excitement's there. I mean, I'm starting to feel it. I know you're starting to feel it, right? You're starting to get that excitement, yes. buzzing, free agent. The bears got better today, there's just no, there's no way around it. Um, It's good stuff. It's always fun when you get to welcome new Chicago Bears to the fold. And I I think that there's some really fun stuff to talk about. So, you know, when you talk about the Chicago Bears, Lester, what position comes to mind first? It's
1: all about the linebackers. Linebackers,
0: right? So that's where we're going to kick off because the Bears definitely addressed the linebacker position on day one of free agency maybe a little bit of surprise that they would double dip there. And I want to talk about what that means for the only other linebacker that's on the roster right now in and in a fan favorite, Jack Sanborn. But let's talk about the big ticket item first, even though that one broke a little later. And that's Tremaine Edmonds. So he is a 25-year-old or going to be 25 years old. so Young, uh, young guy, came into the league super young. So um, he is uh, a already has five years in Buffalo under his belt. So that's kind of crazy. Uh, two pro bowls. Yeah. <laughs> like I think people forget this is a, this is a pretty high ceiling player. Uh, missed, a, missed a few games last year, but the thing that w- the book on him was that he would look a little lost in coverage, uh, but he's just, he's got length. He's a perfect guy in this uh, ever defense, but he figured out coverage last year. That's, that's the story right now is that he looked great in coverage, which was the piece of his game that was missing that he could get exposed a little bit is clean that up. And when you have a guy that fits exactly what you want in a football player, in the defense, the new head coach, right? This, this looks like everything kind of lined up to say, go get him. That's the perfect fit.
1: Yeah, he, you talk about the length—six foot five, like like two fifty. You know, he has the size, he has the speed. He still has the sideline, to sideline speed. I know when he was coming out, uh, I looked at him kind of like the same way as Brian Erlacher, You know, that really tall, long guy. I always thought, man, he'd be great in in a, in a cover two base scheme, a Tampa two esque scheme. You know, he's got the length. He can cover the zone. You know, but like you said, the the pass, his pass coverage was a little down early in his career, but he came in the league at 20, you know, he's still 24 years old. He's a five-year pro and he doesn't turn 25 till next month. So uh, there's, there's a lot of good football left in front of him. Maybe his best football is left in front of him. I, I saw the, uh, the next gen stats, I think it was earlier today. They tweeted out. Um, they talked about his, his coverage, you know, his yards per target. That's a big uh, stat. His was one, one of the top in, in the NFL for linebacker. So his coverage is there. He's great against the run. You know, he, he's he got the size, the length. He's just a perfect fit. And, you know, I, I didn't think he was going to happen because of the price tag. You know, I figured, right. you know, since they let Roquan go, I thought, you know, they have a ceiling, you know. But when you look at his contract, maybe this is the deal they've had in mind for Roquan all along. And, of course, Roquan wanted more. Roquan didn't have an agent. Roquan had some minor off-the-field issues that maybe they were a little concerned about. So with this guy, it's just, you know perfect timing. He's a free agent, fits a need, lock it up.
0: Yeah. Why don't we talk about that right now? So Roquan Smith, you know, started off his career and, you know, good football player. I am no one's going to take that away from him. Good football player. Yeah. But enough things happening off the field, small things, give you some concern. Right. Where it's just, it's just enough where you're like, is this guy making smart decisions? Right. Do you want to give this guy all of the money and trust that he's going to make smart decisions? Right. So, so that is, that is something to keep in mind going into negotiations with Ryan Poles where he doesn't hire representation. And then sort of uses the media to to sort of sort of lash out, even though it looked like Polls was maybe doing him a solid, keeping him like active, but you know he didn't have to practice, right? And I think he kind of burned that bridge, and Polls was looking to move him. He probably knew he wasn't going to resign him. He was able to then get some value out of that player by trading him to to Baltimore, who is the perfect de- destination for Roquan yeah. Smith. Like it, Roquan made out beautifully in that. Like he didn't send him to Siberia. He got him to Baltimore, which is a perfect destination for the type of player that he is. He's going to be able to thrive in Baltimore more than he would anywhere else. So that's great for for Roquan. But Poles gets back a second round pick. He is in a fifth round pick, right? He's able to not pay Roquan and keep that money reserved for now, as we, we see it, Jermaine Edmonds plus who came, comes a little cheaper, right? So you get player capital. You get a guy who's probably a better fit for that will linebacker position in Jermaine Edmonds than Roquan was. Again, Roquan, very good football player, but maybe not the perfect fit for what Coach Eberflus wants in that, in that particular spot. And you're able to move on from the baggage. Like I just, there's just no real downside here. And and I think it's a real win. And I think that Bears fans probably don't, they, they haven't soaked up just how fun of a player Tremaine Edmonds is yet. But I'm sure they will once they start viewing some of these highlight films. He's going to be a fun one to watch.
1: Well, you mentioned the will. And, you know, he's always been a Mike in Buffalo, but it's a little different scheme. You know, so when he was first, the signing first happened. I was wondering what's going to happen. I actually talked to Greg Gabriel, our guy. Um, he, he believes that it's going to be, like you said, Tremaine Edmonds at the will. Um, the guy we'll talk about in a second, or TJ Edwards at the mic. And you know, it's just a, it's just a good compliment of players. Their games complement each other. Um, it's, man, it's you know, it's like you said, it's it's linebackers at Chicago. Is it what what we thought would happen here on the first day of free agency too expensive linebackers no but it fits a need and it, it helps set that defense
0: up well let's talk about the other linebacker then so tj edwards came into the league from wisconsin as a udfa if i remember correctly yep, yep. Uh played for the eagles now so there's a familiarity there with ian cunningham who was the assistant gm under ryan poles i'm sure that that had something to do with it here uh, smart, instinctive player, guy that like they couldn't keep off the field. This, this is kind of the, yeah. the story with him, is that he just proved that he he belonged on the field. Sound like another Wisconsin badger linebacker that you you you've heard of recently, Bears fans. Yeah, it just so happens that I believe that Jack Sanborn replaced TJ Edwards in at the Wisconsin lineup uh once he left school. So uh he's gonna be reunited with with an old friend there. To me, that means that. Edwards is going to be slated to start at the mic, mm-hmm. and you're going to have Jack Sanborn probably back him up at the mic, and then play the Sam linebacker. So Jack Samborn at this point he's going to be the Sam linebacker, the strong side linebacker. Is what that means. I I don't I guess I assume that everybody knows that. So the the, the middle linebacker M Mike, the weak side linebacker is the Will starts with a W, and then the uh, Sam backer is the strong side backer. So that's where the tight end is the formation is the strong side. So you'll you see that. Anyway, I assume everybody has heard those terms, but maybe no one's ever defined them it's, for you. It's so good to drop some here. football
1: one-on-one out there once a little football one-on-one every once in yeah, a while. It doesn't hurt know.
0: anything. Yeah. So, uh, so so, I think the Bears have their linebacking core yeah. for the next few years. I mean, because I think they're definitely happy with Sam Bourne, and he gets it to be settled into a really good position for his skill set, which is the Sam.
1: Well, like you said, when when he was a UDFA coming out, you know, he was everyone's pick. Yeah, this is the one guy that'll make the roster as a UDFA, you know, and most people thought, you know, he'll fit at the Sam. They weren't quite sure he had the athleticism or the speed to play the mic or the will in this scheme, you know, but. Kind of like TJ Edwards, you know, he doesn't have the testing numbers, you know, but when you look at what he does on film, he has good instincts. He's a smart football player. You know, that's, that's Wisconsin. I mean, they're the, the linebackers. They always come to league with that. You know, they understand football and they come in that way. And it, it's, again, it's just a great deal for the Bears. He was their first signing. Um, again, unexpected. He may have came in a little lower than some people thought, but you know, maybe he just wanted to come home. I mean, he's from the Chicagoland area, Lake County, Illinois, uh, Lindenhurst. So maybe he just wanted to come closer to home. And for the Bears, it's great because now they got, like you said, their linebacking core is set. Sanborn is in a perfect spot as, as a former UDFA. He'll play the Sam, which is, you know, 30-ish percent of the time on the field. But again, he has the skills and he can back up at the mic. He could play the will in a pinch. So it's you have three good linebackers, obviously two at, you know, more of a Pro Bowl level. But, you know, who knows the ceiling for Sanborn?
0: Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's still a starting position. Again, this is not a Sam Bourne, uh, Sam podcast. I already called him Sam Bourne, uh podcast, but it, it's, it's not necessarily, I wouldn't take it as a demotion. He's still going to be on the field a lot. He's still yep. probably going to be a core special teamer. Like, you know, he's going to be a, a part of the plans for this team. I I certainly think that, but you have a more proven player um in TJ Edwards and good football player. And like you said, local product, former, uh, quarterback in high school right so he, he's yeah. got a you know he's got the brain right to kind of see everything and that that in the middle linebacker position that's that's really important his deal uh three years 19 and a half million dollars um four and a half million dollars signing bonus it's a widely widely considered a, a very nice deal um for for Tj Edwards um just going back to the Edmonds contract. Edmonds makes a little bit more money. Yeah. Uh, so, so Edmonds signed, it's a four-year deal uh, worth 72 million with 50 million of that guaranteed. So it's, it's a big number. Uh, our friend Brad Spielberger mentioned about how it's a, it's a big number, but it's, it's not a five-year contract, which no. a lot of, a lot of linebackers were getting five-year contracts. And so Poles, I think, was able to make sure that he kept this contract on his timeline, which I think is important to note that it's not a five-year deal. It's a four-year deal. So he has a, an idea of what he's what he's trying to sign here for this player and for this particular competitive window arc.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good deal all around. The money you look at, you're like, it's a lot of money. But again, we're talking about two players at two premier positions in this scheme making a tiny bit more than Roquan is making in Baltimore. So the math adds up in the Bears favor in this case. And like you said it's it's a lot of money, but we're talking about a player that's not quite 20, 25 years old yet. So I I'm excited. I mean, this is this is a great deal for the Bears. I think they they're looking good here. You know, Coach Floos, you know, he wants those linebackers now. What's happening at a D line? Because you got to have the, the the front four here. Because right now it's pretty much Justin Jones and you know the Pips back there, and Justin Jones is nowhere near you know the star quality. He's he's another rotation. It's more like the Pip and then the the non Pips because Justin Jones should be the Pip. And I just dated myself because the people are like, oh my, I mean, we'll
0: we'll get into a little bit of like, what what does this mean for the defensive line in the second part of the show uh, and the offensive line? We'll talk a little bit more about that, but uh, let's, let's talk about interior offensive line. Let's talk about the third signing for today. Nate Davis, good football player, solid guard uh, for the Titans, certainly knows how to run block. Yeah. right uh, you play for the titans you, you gotta know how to run block good player good football player um so the bears were able to add a piece there i want to ask you this he has played every snap of his uh of, of his four years uh in the national football league at right guard tevin jenkins played most of the year at right guard for the bears cody whitehair the left guard for the bears in and out of the lineup with some injury issues has a history at center you've got lucas patrick who took like eight snaps at center last year uh, got hurt multiple times because of the sam Mustafer voodoo doll so what is the plan for nate davis do you see him as a right guard like where he has naturally been for for the duration of his career do you see him as a left guard to make that swap and maybe kick Whitehair either off or in. Or what do you see? Like, I guess those are the options. He, he signed him to start. So, which, which are you doing? You, you put him in his natural position or are you flipping him over?
1: The way the roster's set now, your three best interior guys are Jenkins, Davis, and Whitehair. Whitehair makes a lot of money. We've talked about it on the show before. You know, cutting him or trading him, you know, post-June one, you're gonna save a little bit, but it's not a huge savings where you're like, Oh my god, we got to get him off the roster, he's just a hole. You know and we talk about that you don't want to create a hole unless you have to so I can see white here sticking around I mean maybe he he gets he's cut in the offseason maybe another a center shakes loose or another guard shakes loose and they do get rid of him you know but right now the way it's constructed maybe maybe he does go back to center and then as far as Tevin Jenkins on the right side man he just settled in you really want to mess with him if you think he's a building block for your future, maybe not, you know, this is the discussion I'm sure the bears had with Nate Davis before they signed him. So wherever he's going to play, he knows, I mean, he knows what he's doing. You know, I'm sure they had to talk to Jenkins too, if they're going to make a switch there, but I don't know. Maybe Davis is the guy that goes to left guard. Maybe Cody goes to center. Maybe Jenkins sticks where he's at. I, I don't see no any scenario where Jenkins goes out to tackle. I mean, this was, he yeah. made it pretty yep.
0: clear. That's not happening. Um, which well, that would be an awkward conversation, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Tevi, what's up, <laughs> man? Just, uh, drama. just think yeah. just spitball in here. But like, uh, would you want to go back out to tackle yeah. after we pretty much almost cut you or <laughs> traded you because you wouldn't go but a guard? Anyway, that's not gonna happen. I think he's gonna stay, stay at guard. Uh, I think you're right. I think that that does mean that Cody Whitehair is probably going to be penciled in right now as your center. Um, I think that that does not take a center prospect off in the draft. Oh no, no, yeah. There are there are several uh, that are interesting in the draft. Yep. Three names that are popping up regularly, all Big Ten centers, which in my opinion, good bet. Yeah, take take go. a Big Ten center. You're going to be okay. Um, and and so, we got three picks in the the that late second. Early third rounds, perfect center territory. Uh, you know, I think that you can pretty much pencil one of those picks in for center at this point right now. That's fine. Whitehair, to me, I've always been critical of him as a center in the past because he looks like a guard playing center, but he can do it. And he's a veteran, he's smart, he can make line calls. We know all of that. We know that he can be successful in that role and certainly can can extend his Bears' career by making that. Sacrifice or move back to the center position, and you, you've seen that in the past. You know, I'm thinking about Roberto Garza yeah. taking that guard for a long time for the Bears, and then kicked in after Olin uh, left. He didn't. He didn't quite retire right away, right? Uh, but he he left Chicago, uh, and in uh, Garza took over the center position for a couple of years. So. You know, I I can see that kind of being the old veteran guy who can he can provide that leadership, he can kind of kick in. Um, I don't know that that's going to keep him healthier or not, but uh, hopefully he can he can remain healthy. Um. Hopefully, Nate Davis and Tevin Jenkins coming back stronger from from his injury issues. Maybe two solid guards can help uh, Cody Whitehair at the center position. That's interesting. I I certainly hadn't thought about Whitehair moving back to center until they signed Nate Davis. So that's a that's an interesting proposition. Uh, why don't Why don't we take a quick break and then let's talk about what's left yeah. and what didn't happen. Stick with us.
2: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
0: All right, Lester, we're back. So let's talk about what didn't happen today. And what (laughs) didn't happen was that right tackle Mike McGlinchey, who was the guy that everybody had signed up for the bears. Like he was already moving his belongings to Chicago. Like this thing was wrapped up. This was the one sure bet that everybody had on the, on their bingo card. Denver comes in last minute and they come over the top and Ryan Pohl says, no, thank you. What did you think of when you saw the Broncos agree to sign Mike McGlinchey?
1: You know, I, I had a feeling that McGlinchey would not fit in Chicago because of the money and because of the,
0: you know, he's coming from the
1: Niners, going from a winning organization, you know, so you're going to have to pay over the top to get him to come here. You know, Denver, while they've had a down year last year, you know, they, they've they had a little more a better track record in, in, in the past. So, I mean, like you said, huge money to go to Denver. Um I was a little surprised that you know that's where he ended up, but I had a feeling he wouldn't end up in Chicago somehow, some way. I just had a feeling that wasn't going to happen. I, I thought they would kind of pivot and go somewhere else, and we still haven't seen them do anything at right tackle. So, um, as far as McGlinchie goes, you talked about it on the pre-show a little bit. He's an average football player. I mean, he he is a a good run blocker. That's what he that's what he's in the league for. He's he's known for that as a pass protector. Not the best. I mean, I'm not saying he's bad by any means. He's just. You know, he has his moments in, in pass pro where he gets his feet a little tangled up, gets a little off balance on occasion, you know, but as a run blocker, road grader. He, he would have been an upgrade in Chicago, 100% sure, because last year was Riley Reef, Larry Borum, not getting a job done. Would have been an upgrade. You know, all these guys that are off the market would have been an upgrade. So who knows? I mean, you, you talk about who else is off the market. Also, uh, Jawan Taylor going to the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a play left tackle, a career right tackle going to the left side. They made that decision already. Kind of strange to me that you would do that with a guy, um, especially when you have a, a Pro Bowl left tackle there in KC already who you could have brought back. But, you know, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. I mean, the the Chiefs know what they're doing. And plus, if you're a John Taylor and it's like, hey, we got an offer here and we got an offer here, oh, I can go to play with the Chiefs, the, the, the Super Bowl champs with Pat Mahomes, yeah, I'm going to go over there. So – at the end of the day, some of these guys, it's not just about the money, it's about good fit for them, good fit for their family, good fit for their career. And Joan Taylor wants to go win a ring.
0: Well, I let's let's talk about Taylor first. So Taylor comes from Jacksonville. He has one good year, and that's the year that Doug Peterson arrives, right? Yep. I mean, before this, he was pretty well uh a lot of mud thrown at him. They even drafted his replacement because it wasn't working out in Jacksonville, right? And that's why Jacksonville let him go. He has one good year. I'm not saying that he can't duplicate that, but he goes to the same system, right? Doug Peterson comes from the Andy Reek tree, right? Like, so all that stuff kind of fits, right? Um, playing left tackle, though? Okay. Like, good luck. I mean, it probably will work out because it's Kansas City and Pat Mahomes will, will, will figure it out, right? So good for them. Um, that that's fine. I didn't necessarily see that as a as a huge fit the whole time. I'm not surprised that Chicago wasn't in on Jawan Taylor, Um, but if they were, if they were trying, that's a pretty obvious career choice for Jawan Taylor to make. Is hey, you're gonna give me the premier spot on the premier team? I mean yeah. that that has to feel pretty good. Plus uh, some
1: premier money there too. Yeah, it? well
0: the money doesn't hurt, right? Yeah. Let's talk about money with Mike McGlinchey because I, again, the Bears I think were in on him pretty hard. Uh McGlincy signs for five years, eighty-seven and a half million dollars in Denver. Would you have felt good about that contract if it was Ryan Poles writing that check?
1: I would have because that's what I expected going in. I just expected him to overpay for right tackle. You know, um, I think it was Conklin a, a, a few months ago. He signed um, a, a big money deal. You know, it kind of set the right tackle market at that point. Next guy getting paid always goes over the top. So I expected it to happen. Plus, you know, going from a – a, convincing a guy to come to a, a three-win team, whether the arrow's pointing up or not, you still got to convince him to come. So it's going to take a little extra money. So if that would have been the deal, I would have been fine with it because that's what I expected. But I wrote about the other day, I, he wasn't my, my top choice at, at bright tackle for the Bears. So I'm okay that he went elsewhere. I'm a little surprised they still have a hole there. So we'll kind of see how that shapes up here in the next few days. Maybe they kind of – I'm not going to say punt on the on the position, but maybe they kind of go a little cheap and then go in the draft. I mean, there's a lot of things to do here. Greg Gabriel tweeted out earlier today that, you know, the draft and the free agency go hand in hand. You know, if you can't get the guys you really want, it's not ideal to go to the draft with needs. So I'm sure they'll get someone. But worst case scenario, it's a pretty strong right tackle draft. It's a pretty strong center draft. So there's some some options here.
0: Yeah, I think as of right now, you have to think that that pick number nine is certainly being uh, uh, talked about in terms of trying to fill that right tackle position. There is another right tackle that a lot of people were talking about um, that's, I believe, still unsigned. So that's the Caleb McGarry, um, who's from the the Falcons. Falcons, So that's still a possibility. We'll keep our eyes on that. I, I know that there are some people that didn't necessarily think that he was all that good of a fit. Here's another player that had his best year this year. Uh, So you're, you're kind of betting on one good year of tape and, and before that was maybe not as, not as high Uh, doesn't didn't have the pedigree of a Juwan Taylor who struggled in his early career and had one, one year. So you are kind of at that like next level already where McGlinchey has pedigree and then has sort of like mid-level tape. Like he's kind of established himself like, He's an average starter, right? Like, and, and again, average would be a huge upgrade from what the Bears were playing. Like, I am. please do not get me wrong. I would have yeah. been fine with it. Um, it is a lot of money for Mike McGlinchey, though. And so it, in some ways, I'm fine with them missing out on that. That's okay. You do have four premium picks coming up in this draft. I think that as of right now, you're, you have to think that they're going to use one on that. Um, what about the defensive line? You mentioned a little bit here. Um, I think that the the three technique uh, being talked about is such an important piece here. We've talked about how the defensive ends on this roster need huge upgrades. Uh, the, the current players at defensive end should be your number three and your number four um, in, in our honest opinion. And so, so far, we have not seen any defensive linemen sign with Chicago. Does that surprise you?
1: Yeah, it does. I thought they'd be pretty high on uh on, on a few guys that went. We saw we saw Javon Hargraves go, huge money. You know, that's kind of what I expect him to get. You know, I mean the market's pretty high at that at that position. But, you know, interior defensive line is has become one of the premier spots on your football team. And especially in the Bears scheme, you know, that, that three tackle or the, the, the three tech defensive tackle, you know, it's the engine that runs that defense. That's how they talk about it all the time. You gotta find that guy. So the fact that you know Hargraves is gone you know, Draymond Jones still out there, but you know, he's asking for a ton of money with that with that market of set. And and I wrote about it the other day. I thought they'd be going after Draymond Jones, but I would not have been too excited with that signing because here's a guy coming from a 30 a man front in Denver. You know, he's never been a full-time three tech defensive tackle. Does he have the traits to play it? Yeah. Does he have the size? Sure. You know, his skill set says he could do it, but as a professional, he never has been that full time. So I'm not excited paying a guy, top of the market price as a projection. That's just not something I'm I'm excited to see happen. Plus he's come off an injury. I think he missed his last few games last season. So, you know, maybe there's some medicals have to be in play here. You know, maybe we will see him come back on and sign him later because he's still, you know, as of this recording unsigned, but they got to get someone, you know, you got to find someone there, you know, maybe they pivot and go more towards their, their one tech, which is the shade who plays next to the three tech. And, you know, maybe that's where they go there. Again, Maybe they get some guys you're not expecting kind of like fill the roster. Again, we're talking bare, bare minimum, they're still going to upgrade what they had. You know, the guys they had last year were not very good. We're talking replacing Mike Pinnell. You know, he's fine. I mean, he, he's not, you know, he shouldn't be starting for your team. And, you know, Angelo Blackson was fine, you know, but, you know, you could upgrade him pretty easily. You know, you got to find some upgrades. Uh, Al Qaeda Muhammad, he's already been cut. You know, it's not hard to upgrade him. So you're going to have to find someone here, but then again, We talk about the draft, the draft's pretty strong. You know, there's some pretty good, you know, edge players, some good defensive tackles that kind of fit the scheme. And who knows, maybe they kind of look that way as well.
0: Yeah, I guess there hasn't been a lot of, of players that have signed contracts yet, especially at the defensive end position. I haven't seen a lot fly off the board yet. So you still could see some movement there. They they almost certainly have to bring in at least one uh free agent defensive end and likely one interior. I just I, I will be shocked if they don't bring in guys that are get, projected to start, right? Not just guys that you're signing to like fill the roster up, but like guys that you're saying. You're a starter. Like you're, you're going to take starting reps. Um, you know, you're, you're certainly penciled in in, in that way, and so I, I think there's still plenty of work to be done here. There's still plenty of money that the Bears have to spend here. Um, you know, and again, the 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 players that signed quickly, Javon Hargrave went to the the Niners. Niners, yeah. And wow, I no one's going to want to play that defensive line, uh, and it was a lot of money. It was a is a very big spend. And if you look at what uh, Brian Pulse has done so far in this off season, he has signed players in their early mid twenties, mm-hmm. right. And traded for DJ Moore, you know, again, younger guys who you are going to have the meat of their, of their prime. Right. Like, and that's what you like, uh, free agency for a team like the bears should be. And so that's great. I like Javon Hargrave. He is a good football player. I like watching him play football. But is he on the same timeline as the Chicago Bears? No. Like, he's he's ring shopping, right? Like, yeah. he's, he's, going, he's going to San Francisco to try to burnish his legacy and get a ring. He's 30 years old, right? How many more years does he have? He's probably got a few, right? Those guys can play for a few more years. But they also can break down a little bit, right? We saw that with Akeem Hicks. You know, one of my all-time favorite players to watch. He hit that 30-year-old mark and had a couple of injuries. Yeah, they were kind of fluky, but he could just kind of see it go down from there. It is what it is. Mid-20s guys, they're basically where they're at peak uh, athletically, and they understand the game. They, they're used to it, the speed. you know, They're they are smart football players. They've established themselves. There's that meet right there, that that perfect window. That's where you want to see your money spent when you're on a timeline like the Bears are right now, if you were trying to again, you were in the category of trying to chase a ring, that's when you go after a guy like Javon Hargett. Oh, he's the piece that we need to kind of put us over the top. Makes perfect sense for the Niners to sign him. I saw it, I didn't expect it, but I saw it and I was like, oh yeah, that's that's a that's such a fun signing for them that's just going to be nasty. Um, put put him right next to Bosa. Like, it's ridiculous, right? God so bears. so that's great. Like That that makes total sense. Like A lot of times you kind of step back. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It wouldn't have made that much sense to me had the Bears gone off uh, Hargrave and spent that kind of money. And they would have had to go, come over the top, I yeah. think, quite a bit. I think they oh, would have had sure. to come over the top 10% or more to be able to convince him to come play for the Bears, as opposed to, to, to the Niners where he can really wreck stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some more options out there. It's just a matter of. Again, you talk about the, the the window, you know, if if you're looking at, you know, there are going to be a, occasional, I'm sure a few vets that come in a little older that Ryan Poles looks at and say, hey, this is a good locker room guy, good locker room presence. Maybe someone that's already won a ring. Maybe got like Fletcher Cox, you know, the other defense tackle with Philly. You know, he he has a ring already from his time, you know, a couple of years back when, when they did it with, with Nick Foles. So maybe he's looking for a, a, another nice little uh, a, a contract to close out his career can kind of come in, kind of mentor some guys because, you know, you know, you need to address the locker room also. And it can't all be young guys. You want to have a couple guys that come in and kind of come in and in that, that mentorship role. So, you know, a guy like Frank Clark is another edge, you know, I think he's 29, 30 years old from the Chiefs. And maybe he comes in, you know, so there'll be a couple signings like that where you're like, OK, that's a neat signing. You know, nothing where you're expecting like top, top level play, but you still got to fill your, your, your roster. And and we're still replacing guys, like we said, like, you know, al Muhammad and, you know, I like Dominic Robinson's upside, but he shouldn't be starting at this point. Travis Gibson, maybe he just is who he is now. He's just a rotational piece, and that's fine. You know, you need bodies because right now I think you got to replace all four starters, and you're not going to get four huge money signings. So get what you can get and then pivot to the draft.
0: I want to talk about running back for a minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What are you thinking about David Montgomery right now? I'm not feeling a lot of love coming from the Bears or Dave Montgomery's camp that there's going to be something happen. I think you would have heard something, just at least a little bit at some point. That yeah, you know, we're working on this or whatever. It just kind of feels like this might be over.
1: I think it was uh, was a Kevin Fowler. Is that his name from uh, ESPN or NFL Network? I forget it was one of those. One of those insiders a couple days ago had had a, had a report said the Bears would like him back, but he'll probably test the market, which is probably the best thing to do. If you're the Bears, I mean, there was some talk they were in on Saquon that, of course, didn't happen. You know, Miles Sanders is out there, kind of maybe fit the scheme. You know, the Bears want more explosiveness, but you can't have an explosive running back unless that running back knows how to pass pro, how to play in the passing game. You know, that's what you need. Monty gives you that but he doesn't have the the explosiveness. I would like Monty back. I just think he's a good football player, but the price has to be right. I think he's going to test the market. He'll see what's out there. And if no one comes to meet his demands, I think he comes back to the Bears and says, okay, what's the best offer? Let's play some football here. Because I think he likes Chicago. I think he understands, you know, the market. But you still got a lot of player. I mean, you're only a free agency the first time once. I mean, this is his chance to go out there and see what he can get. I think you'd be disappointed because just, you know, people don't value running backs like they used to, unless you're, you know, top of the line, you know, like uh Le'Veon Bell, you know, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, when he got his money, unless you're those guys at that level at that time, you're not going to get huge money. I think we're, that's where Monty is. We'll see what happens. I, I would like him back. I have my doubts.
0: Yeah, he's he's a good solid running back. He's definitely a positive presence in the locker room. Like all those things, great teammate. I think that those those things are in his favor. You could see him extending his Chicago career because of those things. But it does not sound like there is going to be a signing that's going to happen early in free agency. It's going to take some time. That is the reality of the linebacker or sorry, the running back position linebackers. I mean, you kind of thought that, but those got scooped up. So it's yeah. it's it's a it's somewhat interesting um, that, that that level usually uh, mirrors each other. But so recently, running backs are just so not in demand and they don't get paid nearly as much as they used to relative to the cap. Um, so it's just interesting to see how much the game has changed. What also doesn't help Montgomery is that this draft class is particularly interesting and deep with running backs i'll say that a lot maybe but this year i'm hearing more and more about and man, there's a lot of fun running backs in this draft and so i think that's going to keep happening to these running backs and uh that that's that supply and demand issue really works against david montgomery so i don't if i had to put my money on it right now i don't think he's going to be back
1: well, well this is the thing I've said this numerous times. You cannot go into the season with Khalil Herbert as your number one. I agree because his, his he he's not the best in blitz pickup. He's not the best in pass pro. He's not the best receiver out of the backfield. He cannot be your RB one heading into the season. Monty fits that role better. He's just not as explosive as Herbert. Herbert is explosive. I mean, he he has the speed, you know, very decisive as a runner where he just sees hole, hits hole, go. I mean, that's what you want in this scheme here. Monty dances a little bit too much on occasion, you know, but, you know, that's sometimes what he's had to do throughout his career with the Bears because the the line has not been the best. Herbert has taken advantage of some situations where he's able to get more yards. He he can't be your number one, though. Unless, of course, this offseason he comes in and says, hey, guys, you know, and and he shows that the team in training camp that he that he did some stuff, and you know he's much better in blitz pickup. But throughout his first couple of years, that has not been his game. So you got to figure something out, whether it's Monty back or not. You got to find a veteran that you can come in and trust, that you can trust that will be able to play in the passing game.
0: Yeah, he's downright. Uh, Cole Herbert is downright bad in pass pro. Like it's, it is not something that you want to trust uh Kolo Herbert to do. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's something to keep an eye on. It's something that we will get answers to, I think in the next week or so, but it's not crazy to think that that stuff drags out. Right. Um, yeah. you, you never know, uh, those, these things could, could kind of carry on for a while as, as we reset after the waves of free agency happens. So, um, I'd like to get just kind of your final thoughts, um, before we, uh, before we take off here on, um, Free agency, what you expect, what you'd like to see, uh, how Ryan Poles has played first day with all the money.
1: You know, I think he's playing it great. I think this whole, you know, the the trade, we haven't talked about the trade, you know, but DJ Moore, much we haven't talked about. Oh, yeah, we
0: haven't. Let's talk about that. We should.
1: (laughs) I thought it was an outstanding move, you know, uh, you know, getting back what they got back, um, you know, him, him valuing DJ Moore you know, over getting an additional first round draft pick. And, you know, it's, it's like, you got to have a balance, you know, like we saw the the Rams had that, you know, they wanted established veterans over these draft picks. So they they basically built a, a, a championship roster off that philosophy. I think they went a little overboard. Now they're kind of stuck where they're, where they're kind of screwed. But I think if you're as a, as a building franchise, you can get a guy like DJ Moore who still has three years left on his contract. Very reasonable contract. I think it's the cap hits 20 this year. Then it drops down to, I think, 16.5 for two years. And you're talking about a, a wide receiver, one, three more years of control. Tw- again, younger, 25 years old. I'll take that over a first round pick, Gamble, any day of the week. That was a great pick, a, gr- a great decision by Poles to have him thrown into the deal there. Going back to nine, you're not going back too far. You're going to get a, a top prospect that spot. So, I love everything Ryan Poles has done so far this offseason. Last offseason, we were critical of some of the moves he made, some of the non-moves he made. But this offseason, so far, so good.
0: Well, you say that he picked DJ Moore over the first-round draft pick, but let's let's like even zoom in a little bit there. Still a second-round draft pick in that 2025 draft. So I don't know if that was also on the table or if it was just downgraded. And then that's the 2025 draft. Like, that's yeah. two years from now, right? So you get to have DJ Moore now when you need him and not a future roll of the dice. We don't know where we're going to pick and what that looks like in two years. Yep. So you get that now. You get a proven player now, plus you turned pick 1-1 one, one into four other draft picks, which is great, right? Like, I, I mean, I think that that's just it's a fantastic return. I don't, I'm not saying they fleeced them or anything like that. You know, Carolina did what they needed to do. Um, You know, they, they, they paid, they paid what they paid. It is what it is for quarterback. It is what it is to control the board, right. To come all the way up to one, they get their pick of whoever they want now at this point, like that, you have to pay a premium to be able to do that. But there was a point in the season where the bears looked like they probably were going to draft ninth anyway right? And then they just sort of went on a crazy losing streak. Some of the games were pretty close some of them, you know, were, were blowouts, but there was a time when I think we were all kind of expecting to the bears to be picking around the ninth pick. Anyway, they were going to steal a couple more wins down the stretch and they didn't, they just lost everything. And then they got a little lucky with the days, a lot lucky with that Texans closing. Right. And so this is a bit of a gift. And then I I will say this, you know, I I was on right after this happened with with Robert, but I will say this, these picks might not be the end of it, right? These picks can keep multiplying and growing, right? The Bears might trade down from nine if they want to pick up another draft pick and there's a motivated team to come up to take someone who's sort of the last of a run or whatever, right? Like teams get motivated to move in the first round to take their guy because they get fixated. So polls could move back. Those that pick could grow, right? You could see next year's one. Where does Carolina land? Like, where, where, how do they finish? Are they going to be a good football team? Their offense doesn't look very good. They, they've got a good defense, but their offense doesn't look very good. They've got a new coaching staff. Maybe they're not a very good football team. Maybe they, they finish where the Bears get a top 10 pick, a top five pick. Maybe disaster strikes in Carolina and you get a top two pick and all of a sudden you get one of those premium picks for those quarterbacks that everybody wants in next year's draft. Well, that gives you obviously the Justin Fields insurance, which I'm not interested in, or you trade out of that and you get even more pick. Like it could be something that just kind of keeps on giving. You've now given yourself flexibility into the future and an immediate return to DJ Moore. Beautiful trade. I love it. The more that I've thought about that trade and what it means for the Bears, the more I love it.
1: Yeah, it's a good deal. I mean, the, you mentioned the Panthers are in a situation where they have a first-year head coach. There's no pressure to win there. You know, they can kind of take their time, and, you know, they're going to draft a quarterback. You know, they can they can sign a vet quarterback and kind of play him and, and bring the rookie wrong slowly. You know, there is no pressure in Carolina for, for, for Frank Reich to kind of win now. You know, he understands that. They know that as a franchise. So it's going to help the Bears if they lose. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know they're, they're doing Chicago no favors by making the Bears, you know, number one draft pick that much higher. But, but ultimately, it's about what's best for their franchise. So, force feeding a rookie, no matter who it is, at a quarterback with a really bad roster, it's not a good idea. We kind of saw that with with the Bears firsthand a few few times here. So, maybe they sign a vet, kind of take their time, you know, bide things over until they have a chance to to to, to put the, the rook in here, whether it's it's Young or Stroud, whoever they end up drafting. So great deal all around for Ryan Poles. And of course, free agency starts off and again, it's not what we expected, but you know, some really nice moves there, some nice signings and Hey, it's early. It's, you know, we're like, you know, eight hours into the, to the early negotiating window.
0: Yeah, there's going to be plenty more moves to happen here. And we and there There are plenty of good football players that are still unsigned that would make the Bears a better football team. That's a good takeaway to probably end on here. So why don't we close out? We'll get to some Q&A with our YouTube folks here. But anything for the listener before we take off?
1: He's got so much stuff going on. I know Robert has some film breakdown stuff for DJ Moore coming up. Uh, I'm going to bug him and tell him to get some Nate Davis film breakdown because, you know, it's an offensive lineman. I know Robert wants to dig into that film, you know. So, so I know he already has some stuff that he put on, on, on his Twitter account. So make sure you guys follow Robert uh, Schmitz Schmidt's on Twitter with, with 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 TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. So you know, a ton of stuff. Talk about the podcast, you know. Free agent just starting. You know, we got a ton of stuff going on at the site, got it all covered here, podcast channel, and at second city growing our YouTube channel. So stay tuned.
0: Yeah, and uh just a plug for, for Taylor Dahl's uh making monsters she's got some fun plans coming up so make sure you're checking that show out if you haven't checked it out yet make sure you uh, spend some time to do that Uh, we will end the podcast here um, and until next time bear down